opinions voiced in Investing Simplified with Bo Caldwell are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investors cannot invest directly in indexes. The performance of any index is not indicative of the performance of any investment and does not take into account the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. Guests on Investing Simplified are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Price Financial Group Wealth Management We do investing simplified Welcome into Investing Simplified. However you may be joining us, thank you for making us a part of your day. As a reminder, as you listen to us today, if you miss parts of the show or want to go back and re-listen, we do rebroadcast the show via podcast, wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, uh, Google Play, and the like. You can also get copies of the show or listen to past episodes if you visit our website, www.pricefg.com. Dot com. Interestingly enough, that's also where you can sign up. We have a monthly newsletter that goes out, Market Insights. Weekly, actually. Or goes weekly. Out weekly. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, monthly. Goodness. More frequent than you think. And that, that voice that you hear is Mass Sudol, you know, Chief Hello, everyone. Officer here with, uh, with you know, CFP. He's our, you know, we, I, I feel like we haven't talked about that enough, that you, you, know, you yeah. are officially a CFP. Our, well, it's been a couple months now. Our chief planner months. here, you know, do, all, do most of our, our plans for our clients, get, you know, dig into the nitty gritty of their plans. But if you, if you'd like to hear what we're seeing in the markets, when people talk about, uh, you know, how the sausage is made, I make the sausage basically (laughs) in the, in the back room here when I do the plans. Right. Well, I'd like to say that, you know, so that makes me the pretty face, but then we're kind of hurting there. I don't know. Yeah. That's a hard thing. Just to add some flavor, you know, to the, well, I mean, that's the problem. We're all about analogies here all the time. We bring (laughs) bring it up, but, but yeah, our website, um, pricefg.com. And on there, Outside of the weekly newsletter, you weekly, can sign not up monthly, for. Weekly. Yep. yep, and uh, it's got a market update and uh, a special recipe each week that uh, Molly uh, comes up with uh, and sends out. So people enjoy that. If you want a new recipe for some uh, chicken or something, <laughs> it's on there too. But outside of that, there is a market commentary, which is which is helpful for our folks because it talks about the news that's has transpired in the last week or so, and and it kind of digests and dissects things a little bit. Um, but there's also other guides and such you can you can download uh, complimentary on our website, um, and we try to post the shows pretty quickly after they air. Uh, there may be a, a delay for a few days. Yeah, yeah. But if you have a question that's been bugging you that you've been wondering about for, from a financial standpoint, from an estate planning standpoint, tax standpoint. Uh, and you'd like us to answer it on air. We've had some good questions that have come in, some good questions from listen, both listeners and clients that, that listen to the show. But if there's something that's been bugging you, I can guarantee you that somebody else is ha- thinking the same thing. Absolutely. So you know, send that question in to askbo at pricefg.com. Or you can also you know, give us a call at 503-253-3000. Even if you just have a question you'd like us to answer, we're happy to take yeah. those. One of, our, uh, one of our wonderful staff will jot it down, get it to us, and then we'll try to... Uh, address it on the show. If we can. Yeah. Well, you know, Matt, I, you know, I know that, you know, we try not to talk specifics, you know, about the markets just because, you know, few, when folks may be listening, they may be listening, you know, you know, live or they may be listening. Yeah, they could be listening to replay. Replays. But, you know, this, as we, you know, as we finish up May here, 
this this sell in May and go away, you know, trade seems to be happening for a lot of folks. A lot of people are are sell, you know, that's an old adage, you know, folks, if you haven't heard that before, the adage is sell in May and go away because historically, May has been a down month, you know, for the markets as as people sort of unwrap those gains, right? Or they unwrap the uh the earnings that you know the fang stocks the big technology stocks have and to start the year the market really did have quite the run up and then you have a lot of people maybe taking gains or maybe they're capturing some you know some some capital gains and maybe right. taking some risk off the table right yeah and i think that that might be some of what's happening because if you think about it and i as a reminder may not be a pleasant reminder but taxes were due may 17th this mm-hmm, year so it mm-hmm. pushed out a month um, and so there could have been people that needed to sell some money to raise to then send to um, their taxes. So that could have been part of it. We don't know. Uh, but also rebalancing portfolios and, uh, you know, with potential tax increases in the future, people are taking some gains, locking them in, knowing where rates are currently. Right. And then, you know, planning for the future um, th- through that. And so that's, that's partially what could be happening, a little bit of rotation. Um, you said this year, you know, the market's done overall well but it depends where you're looking because there's parts sure. of the economy that haven't done as well like the tech sector right they are basically i think maybe, maybe a little bit above being flat for the year versus you know the overall s&p 500 is done quite well the decent, dow jones actually good. has been leading so far and this the dow year, has right? been leading which wasn't the case you know last year so you don't right. know what will happen in the future and where, where the indices will go right well that's when a lot of people you say know. the market's up why isn't my portfolio up or why my portfolio is destroying the market, right? A lot of times it has, you know, mm-hmm. both of those. And when you look at your portfolio, that that it behooves you to remember, your portfolio is not the market, right? right? Unless you're buying SPY, you know, which is the ETF that tracks the S and P five hundred, or you're buying an index fund, maybe Vanguard's, you know, S and P five hundred fund, or you know, any of those. And then you also have to be. Uh, you know, aware that, you know, the, the S&P 500 is what's called a cap-weighted index, right? So right. a lot of people may or may not know that, but it that means it moves based on market capitalization. And market capitalization, uh, so everybody knows, is a measurement of a stock's size and the company's size based on stock ownership. You take the number of shares that are outstanding in that, in that company, multiply it by the current price, and that's its market capitalization. Okay. But the S&P 500, it's 500 names, right? It's the 500 mm-hmm. biggest companies in the U.S. market right. based on market capitalization. The S&P 500, when you turn on CNBC or Fox Business, when you have Bloomberg ticker running below you, it'll tell you the S&P is up. X, you turn on the radio and you listen to Market Watch or one of these other uh, you know, financial shows that are dailies, You know, right. these ones that are telling you where the Dow is or where the, where the S&P 500 is. That, it, it's cap-weighted, and so what that means is that it moves more based on the big, actually the big five that are inside of there with Facebook, you know, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, you know, the, these big mm-hmm. companies that make up comprise almost, you know, 25% of right. the returns of it, but are really, you know, five companies out of 500. Right? Yeah, and that's good to bring up because if, you know, if Amazon is having a bad day, chances are the overall S&P 500 may be having a rough day. Right. And they might be pulling other companies with it you know interestingly enough you brought up um you know primarily stocks but the bonds so the aggregate bond index is actually um down right so yeah so there's a lot of people don't realize when you're looking at your portfolio exactly that's important that you have a portion of bonds and traditionally if you are more of a conservative investor you have you know if you're approaching retirement you're in retirement maybe you're just trying to live off 
of the portfolio, a lot of folks turn to bonds Mm -hmm. for safety, right? Because bonds are historically more historically less volatile than stocks. Caveat being, they may not be. You know, they may not be, but but historically they have been less. You know, less volatile than stocks, meaning they move up and down less than stocks. But when interest rates rise, that's going to hurt your bonds. Right. But most people, if they have a retirement plan, you know, work or whatever, if yeah. you're putting it in like a, a target, date target dates, yeah. chances are you're not put purely in the S&P 500. You know, even in the most far out um, target date, we'll have a little bit of bonds, yeah, 10, 15, 15%, yeah. 20%. And so that's why you can't really compare yourself, right? It's not apples to apples comparison if you have, you know, apples and then you have apples with pears and <laughs> whatever other fruit you right. want to think about. So uh, it makes a difference, right? Yeah, so. well, it makes a huge difference when you're looking at it. So, you know, that's one of the things that we do, you know, when when folks come in to meet with us, when they want to sit down with us to get an accurate representation of where your money is, what we do is we do a complimentary review of your portfolio positioning, right? And that's from a, here's where we're actually at, here's where our risk is, which is the important thing that we all are concerned about yeah. when we're talking about a plan, but also we'll give you a snapshot of the sector breakdown and how you're actually allocated, mm-hmm. how much is actually stocks and bonds. Yeah. The, th- the thing that really can hurt you, right, when you're looking at planning for retirement, how much is you know at risk, that big risk factor, but also how much is exposed to these these other risks like interest rate risk, like you know uh, stock exposure risk. If you'd like to have that review done on your portfolio, something that you'd like to have done, we do it as a complimentary service to all of our radio listeners. Give us a call five zero three. 253-3000, set up an appointment. One of our advisors will sit down with you either in person or virtually and we'll kind of go over just, you know, that portfolio and, and put it in context for you, right? Because one of the things that you may not know is how risky you actually are. Right. And so then, and then a lot of times, I mean, most of the time, I would like to also take it one step further than that and then think about, okay, we've once we've dissected your portfolio so we know where as you said, if there's any financial termites in there or if there's anything that you didn't know about, then we take it one step further and say, okay, what is this money meant to do for you? Right. And then we try to see if, if that risk matches it because you know, I meet with folks all the time that have done a great job saving and they're still very much aggressively uh, investing. investing. Right. But perhaps they can take the foot off the gas a little bit and take on less risk, which likely will have less return, but maybe that is enough of a return to meet all their goals and expectations, and then they don't have to feel the pain if the market corrects itself and goes deep. Conceivably, yeah. So, so conceivably, you can save them uh, some of that, like you said, some of the roller coaster ride. Exactly. But the other thing, when you you know, we talk to people all the time, Matt, when they say, "Oh, I'm, I'm super conservative," you know, but they're really not. When you take a dive, yeah, look, look, at, <laughs> look at the portfolio, yeah, and and that I think lately it's been. Uh, because we haven't had a long prolonged correction that lasted, right. you know, we've had these uh, down and up, done and up, you know, even in, in last March when we had the big pullback, it only lasted, you know, a month or something and before it started really, you know, coming back up. And so I think people are used to, oh, hey, my account, oh, it's just up every year. It's just done well, right. you know, and, and it's great. Uh, I'm happy for everyone, but that doesn't mean you're a conservative investor. That just means your investments that you have had have performed well. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, you know, lately, you know, like you said, over the last 10 or 15 years, you could have just stuffed the money into the, just put it in the S&P and held on for the ride, right? And you're up almost every year, right? Over the last Dang. 10 years. Yeah, we've had quite a run. Yeah. And I was reviewing the statements. I think I told you some, some somebody I was, I was t- talking to and 
they got invested in 2013. Yeah, perfect timing. Which, which 2013 is one of the years we actually model as a good bull run that it's mm-hmm, had. Mm-hmm. I believe the market was up in the 20 to 30% range or something. 30-something percent yeah. that year, yeah. Over 30%. And so then after that, have we had a meaningful pullback? And so that would have been eight years ago or so, right? Right. And so it's just been constant. You know, So portfolios have done well. But again, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. But if you're out there, thinking and we've had a lot of these questions people thinking hey i have a feeling in my gut that at some point things will correct and it'll be a large correction because things can't continue to just go up and up and up if you're worried this is where you'd want to talk to us let us do that x-ray of your portfolio take a look at risks um take a look at what your plan is or should look like maybe you don't have a plan right that's going back to what i said at the beginning of the segment that's when i take your information and make a sausage out of it, and that sausage <laughs> put it through the grinder. A plan, a, a plan that I'll uh, that I'll show you. Yeah, so. well, you put it through the grinder, and it comes it, out exactly. as a plan. But you know, other than you know having that portfolio analyzed for risks, for financial termites, for you know unnecessary fees that you might be paying, the other thing that people are doing and have done a lot right now, and we've we've done with several of our clients is explore. Is now a good time to rebalance the portfolio and take some of that risk off the table by recognizing capital gains. Right. And you may want to do that for a couple of reasons, right? One is let's lower the risk, right? You've you've had a great run up. We just talked about the the market has done really well. You stayed mm-hmm. invested through COVID. You, you know, you didn't pull mm-hmm. out, which a lot of folks did. You know, you notice the retail markets, you didn't hear of a lot of people pulling their money in in the COVID crisis like they did in 2007, 2008. And that's partially, I would say, because how long it lasted. Yeah. People didn't even have time. They got a statement and then they got a next statement. And if they weren't paying attention, it bounced they, back. They yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. So, but one of the things that we do from an analysis standpoint is not just the risk point, which makes a lot of sense. Let's take some risk off the table. Mm-hmm. Let's cash those chips in, you know, maybe keep some dry powder. But the other piece is if you think that capital gains tax rates are going to go up, Right, because a lot of people don't remember that if you're, you know, if you're investing in a taxable account, this is non-respective of IRAs or, or Roth IRAs. Right. But if you're in a taxable account and you're investing, when you cash that in for a, a win, you ha- actually haven't, you know, it's all on paper. You look at your statement and go, "Wow, oh, I went from, you know, hundred thousand to two hundred thousand over the last ten years." Well, you, you really haven't because you haven't cashed out yet, right? Because it, it's only on paper until you actually sell. You haven't right. actually made that money. And the IRS looks at it the same way. Once you sell, now you're going to owe taxes on it. And it's at a capital gains rate, conceivably, depending yes. on what you're invested in. And if you've held it longer than a year, right, it is long-term capital gains rates. But the president and this current administration is making noise, and they're try- they have tried to push through several different packages that increase that capital mm-hmm. gains rate, right? So that maximum capital gains rate right now is 20%. Plus, you know, 3.8%, you know, Medicare investment tax. And then here in the state of Oregon, you may or may not know, there is no capital gains rate. It's just ordinary income. Ordinary income, yes. Right? So we're talking nearly 30-something percent right now, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on what, you know, what tax bracket you're in for selling, you know, for recognizing those gains and those investments. But it may be even so that it's going to go up, right? So that that's what a lot of people are, are feeling like. And I personally as well feel that way because I think yeah. where there's so much money that is being used for stimulus, other things, where are we going to get that money back? Right. And so the, uh, the the proposal so far is basically that 20% would become whatever the ordinary income tax rate is mm-hmm. for folks. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, uh, you know. Which could be conceivably could be. A, a doubling of the, of the rate, depending on where you're. 
Yeah. Where you're now, these proposals usually take a moment, right? So yeah. I, I don't think we're expecting anything to actually be effective this year. Sure. If anything, maybe next year. But it's still important to plan ahead. Um, also, uh, and you've mentioned this uh, before, if you're living in across the river in Washington, but maybe you're looking to retire in the beautiful state of Oregon, um, it may be a good idea to... You know, do Recognize some of these recognitions now, yeah. prior to moving and um, over here, because then you wouldn't have. You know, Washington doesn't doesn't reward you with such a tax. So that's <laughs> right. another consideration. And then lastly, um, you know, it doesn't. There's no capital gains with this. There are ordinary income tax gains, but we've had questions about people doing Roth conversions. Right. Which, again, to remind everyone, Roth conversions are a taxable event. We have the means, ordinary income taxable event. Exactly. Yeah. So they go in and you pay income taxes on it, but you know, this hasn't really been brought up as income tax, regular income tax right. is going up. Um, but one typically would think the other would follow. So yeah, I would imagine. I mean, that's kind of our estimation, right? So, so if you agree, if you think that that, if you think that that is maybe going to happen, that tax rates are going to go up, it would behoove you to take a look right now at your portfolio and see about capitalizing on some of those, you know, on some of those uh, gains that you've made. And there is a thing called a wash sale, which happens when you sell at a loss and you have to wait a while before you can buy that same security back that doesn't apply to gains. So even because what the pushback I get a lot, Matt, when I talk to folks about, hey, let's maybe take some of this risk off the table. Someone will say, well, I don't want to I, I want to own that stock. Right. I love Amazon or I let you mention that before. Or I love Microsoft, right. whatever they love. Right. They love that particular stock or that fund or, you know, whatever that investment is. You can sell today recognize that, you know, rec- well, not today because it's markets and open on the weekend, but you could sell Monday, mm-hmm. right? Sell that stock, you recognize that gain. And then the next day you can buy the stock again and conceivably depending on the movement of the stock day over day, but at, at a very similar price. And now you have a new basis, that mm-hmm. higher basis, right? And the thing is, you know, if you think that tax rates are going to go up, it could make a whole lot of sense to kind of explore that. If you'd like to have that analysis done on your portfolio, to have somebody look at and see what, what if I, what if I did this? They, they say, I, I heard them on yeah. the radio. I want to take a look at what that means, you know, implication wise from a capital gain standpoint, we can do that analysis for you as a complimentary service. Give us a call 503-253-3000. It's part and parcel with what we've talked about. We'll talk about your plan. We'll talk about your risks. We'll also give you an analysis on that tax lot, that tax, you know, harvesting. See if we, it's a good time in our estimation to take those, you know, to take those gains right now, right? Well, and you can have that conversation. And again, it doesn't cost you anything. It's a complimentary service. It, the only cost is a little bit of your time. So call 503-253-3000. If you'd like to sit down with us, we have offices here in Tannisborn, in Tigard. We have an office in Vancouver. We can meet you. We're also over there in Clackamas for those folks who live on the east side of town. So give us a call. Set up that appointment. We'd love to meet with you. We're going to take a quick break right here, but we're going to come back talking about some more tax implications. Super fun. But, you know, really as they apply to real estate, because we've had a lot of folks that have asked about questions about real estate, real estate and how that's going to apply. So we'll be right back with Investing Simplified. Leaving an employer can be stressful and overwhelming, but once the dust settles and you're at a new job or perhaps retired, it is important to consider your options for that retirement plan left behind. 
If this situation applies and you would like to hear more about options available for 401k, 403b, or other retirement account rollovers, please give our office a call at 503-253-3000 to schedule a complimentary consultation with someone on the team to go over your specific and individual situation. We will take the time to get to know you, your goals, and let you know what the best course of action is for you and your family. We do investing simplified. You're listening to Investing Simplified. Now, back to Bo Caldwell. Welcome back to Investing Simplified. If you're just now joining us, we appreciate you making us a part of your day, whether you're listening on the radio here in the Portland metro area or you're listening via podcast. We truly do appreciate you listening, and we do appreciate you sending in questions, things that are on your mind financially, Um, and there's no stupid question. There's no bad question when it comes to your money, so we want to make sure that we are answering those to the best of our abilities, and one of the questions we've had a lot of has to do with real estate, man. And a lot of people look at real estate as you know as a good investment, and I personally think that it can be a very good investment as a portion of your overall investment portfolio, right? And so a lot of times when people think about investing in real estate, they think about, you know, most people have their, you know, if most people, I shouldn't say, but a lot of people, their biggest asset is their home, their personal right. residence that they're owning. But when you're thinking about investing in real estate, a lot of times you become a landlord, Right. Yeah, yeah, no, and so that's that's you know a way of investing in the market, and uh, <laughs> in the break time, I, I dug up a nice uh, joke here for you, Bo. Um, so I'm gonna give you a, a landlord joke. So okay. my landlord says uh, he needs to come talk to me about my uh, heating bill. Okay, you know what I told him? I told him my door is always open. It's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I, if you're a landlord, I apologize. All landlords are wonderful people. Yeah, and, and I, uh, I, I like. And you shouldn't you... be paying their electric uh, heating bill. I guess maybe that's one thing we could talk about. If you have a tenant, you know, it could be an all-in lease where they're paying a flat fee. Yep. But that's something to consider because they could just be keep their keeping their doors open all winter, and then you just got this enormous, enormous bill. Or but, or they could be you know telling bad jokes. That was a that was a pretty good joke. There was a couple other ones I told you at, at halftime that you didn't um, that, that didn't pass muster. So that's <laughs> this that's, was this was the best one. That's got the one most, that passed giggles. muster. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, you know, and, and speaking of the this week um, or within the last couple of weeks, I don't know exactly, mm-hmm. but I saw the news and I remember messaging you and Matt about it um, that there was a new legislature passed that extended the deadline for back rent payments until February of 2022. Looks like it was just passed on May 11th. Okay, so kind of. A couple of things. One, you know, we've had folks call in and people we've talked to and clients mm-hmm. about, talk about real estate and then this bill. So basically what it's saying is that, you know, the delay for landlords to receive yep. their payments yep. going to be further out. And so I think everybody's seen real estate just skyrocket. I mean, it's yeah. it's been, I think you told one that, no, you were, it wasn't you, it was, it was a listener said that she goes online and it seems like every week her house value goes up a thousand bucks or something, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah, and, I, and I was like, yeah, you refresh your screen and your house is worth more money. Now, yeah. you know, that's partially true because your house is only really worth what somebody's willing to pay for it right at that moment. And so if, if I was at your door knocking on your door and you would open, I would give you a price and you'd close the door and I would knock again and give you another price, that price would also fluctuate. But we have had a crazy real estate market. Prices all around, you know, Portland and Salem and mm-hmm. all around mm-hmm. everywhere has been going up, um, which makes it tempting to FOMO, right? Fear of missing yeah. out, want to buy yeah. in. 
So if you're looking for a primary residence, you know, I still think that if you're looking for a primary residence, you know, um, if you, you buy now or you buy later, I, I think timing of that is a little bit less, you know, can't time it as much because if you need a house, you need a house, right? Yeah. Well, if it's your primary yeah. residence, right? Yeah. Although um, you don't want to overpay. You don't want to overpay. But if so, it's, you're going to be your forever yeah, house, right? So you don't want to marry the the house, meaning you, you, you go into an open house, don't fall in love right. with it because right. you don't want to pay $100,000 over asking, which, you know, if you were listening to me here um, a little bit ago, you know, a couple of years ago, if I said, "Oh, somebody paid a hundred grand over asking price," you'd be like, "No way, that doesn't happen." <laughs> right. It happens like every yeah. day. Seems like in Portland, talk to a realtor, fifty to hundred thousand dollars. So, with owning real estate, you know, I had somebody uh, talk to me about this. A, a, a couple of people that have homes that are they're renting, and they said, "Well, I've enjoyed the income that comes from it, right? The right. cash flow, but right. I've also enjoyed the appreciation of the principal." So, you know, it's a nice investment where both of those happen. But then uh, what he said is, you know, after owning this for a long time, people don't really talk about the uh, the not-so-fun things like, you know. Toilets. <laughs> toilets. Trash. Trash. Yeah. Tenants. Maintenance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, finding the tenant, signing the leases. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting a phone call in background the middle of the night. Checks. Background yeah. checks. Yeah, the toilet broke. My, the water heater broke. You it's know, 2 a.m. You got to answer the phone. I had a rental property for a couple of years, and, you know, wife and I would drive by it like once a month, just like without coming in just on the outside we're like okay the house is still there right hasn't burned down yet. (laughs) yeah nothing happening okay christmas time okay they've got their lights up that means they're taking care of it okay let's move on um we had a property manager that took care of most of it but we just wanted to make sure hey is the house still there so it's still you know uh, a good investment but a lot of people have thought about hey do i do what we talked about in the previous previous segment which is you know not necessarily sell in may but just sell (laughs) realize your gain right and then do something else with the money right right um because um it's challenging right now if you're not getting your rent from a tenant to collect it. You know, yeah. as you see, legislation yeah, yeah. is uh, helping them um, pu- push the payments out even further. And so there may not be very many ways of collecting, you know. I mean, right. selling a house maybe may be one way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so if you sold the house, and this is a question for you, what would you do if you had, you know, let's say a house and you sold it and you had $300,000 in the middle of the table after all the expenses are paid. And let's assume we're in, a utopia where there's no taxes. So where would you place that $300,000 to then grow? Well, I mean, I get, you're asking me right now, if I had $300,000 sitting on the table, I think I would... Responsibly, what would you do? <laughs> <laughs> we are not buying boats or well, anything like that. You don't know my life. Um, so, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, if it depends on what you're thinking about doing. Or that. Personally, for me, if I was a real estate investor, personally, was looking at, okay, re, you know, capturing some of that... You know, that upswing in the market, I'm thinking, hey, now's a good time to sell. I am also thinking, as we talked about with stocks, that capital gains mm-hmm. tax is going gonna, is gonna to increase. Um, you know, if I'm striking while the iron's hot to sell this property, personally, what I would do if I was a real estate investor, personally, I would t- keep that money and, and wait for the market to cool off a little bit and look yeah. for another investment property, right? But okay. now might be the time to strike. But how long is that going to take? Yeah, that's true. So as a real estate investor, if your mindset is that, you could always do that, kind of put the money on the sidelines and wait. What I've told people too, though, is I would evaluate your situation one-on-one, figure out how much real estate you have in your life. You know, what percentage of your net worth of your world does that, you know, hypothetical $300,000 uh, represent? And then what other real estate investments do you have? Um, also, things to consider, you know, how far from retirement are you? You know, how old are you? Things like that, because you may need liquidity sooner than later. Right. You know, we, we, we've, we chatted with 
with some with clients all the time that sell property not necessarily because they don't want to be landlords anymore but because they want to transition into having more liquidity to where maybe they invest in the markets which are much more liquid you can you know you could buy and sell every day and there's no no uh, none of that happening where you have to wait you know, you know although right now it seems like you put a sign in front of your yard and somebody comes and yanks it right out right. It's like I bought it but it's still got to close it's still got to yeah you still have clear to clear appraisals yeah. it's still got to go through all the and things. then you know there's uh realtor fees and all of that stuff you no know, and and um so it takes time so adding liquidity to your portfolio maybe diversifying right maybe because and we talked about this before in portfolio so let's say you started at a hundred thousand dollars and you bought a house versus you, and, and then in another portfolio you bought a hundred thousand of securities they've both had a tremendous bull run so your portfolio might be skewed to where that real estate portfolio you have may be a giant piece of your net worth which you know we always talk about not having too much of your assets mm-hmm. in one one mm-hmm. asset group and real estate is you know it's an asset class it's right people like it because you can touch it you can walk in it you can use it and so it's got a lot of utility and i don't uh, I'm not saying sell all your real estate and go away. Right. Uh, just consider if 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 taxes are something that you're uh, contemplating, maybe moving. You know, we had some uh, people ask questions like, "Well, if I were to move out of state again, let's say you're living in Washington and you want to move down to the beautiful state of Oregon." I think you got to flip that. Um, <laughs> Most people are moving from Oregon to Washington. Well, well, I know, but but my point wouldn't be yeah, as yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so sorry, sorry. Yeah, so to so my sorry, point. They, you're living in Washington, <laughs> yeah. moving to Oregon. If you wanted to move down to Oregon, but then you have a real estate portfolio up in Washington, I mean, a consideration when you're sitting with your accountant or financial advisor, say, hey, do I sell it now, you know, a few years from retirement so I have that liquidity and don't have to worry about um, the, you know, Oregon tax right. capturing it. Um, so that's a consideration. It doesn't have to be Oregon. People move to Arizona and Nevada and all sorts of popular places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's the same thing, as we talked about in a previous segment where... You know, at what point do we want to capture gains? Now, people will say, "Well, oh, man, well, but I bought this place for a hundred thousand; it's worth five hundred thousand. That's a big chunk of change." Yeah, and that's true. So, um, and that's one of those things where it, it, the pen's going to be very heavy right, when you write the check to the IRS. Um, but you got to think about it: if you're writing a check, you're because you made money. You made money. Yeah, right. Um, As Kevin always says, you know, you can't you can't avoid the tax the tax man. You can. You can try to minimize the impact, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you're thinking about making that change, thinking about what that means, hey, I've got a bunch of, I mean, if you're thinking I'm going to sell the house and what do I do with this money? If you're, the plan is kind of like we talked about, Mm -hmm. if you're like me and I got this pile of money, I'm going to reinvest it when the market comes down, but you think maybe we're two, three years away and you want to see what options are out there. We have really good fixed interest options, you know, even for as little as two years, if you've got those you know, if you've got those jumbo amounts of money, you know, above a hundred thousand dollars, that's just sitting. That's true, right? the The bank isn't paying anything on them. Online savings accounts aren't paying anything on them. Even the credit unions aren't paying anything above twenty five thousand, right? So, if you've got a chunk of change from a property, or you're thinking about liquidating a property and want to see what that looks like, give us a call five zero three two five three three thousand. We're happy to go over what rates are right now. If that's applicable to you, if it might make sense for you, right? That's that's actually very good in it made me think of one other thing where in the securities market or in the investment world, um, the beauty of it too is we can turn a dial up and down in terms of risk. And so if you're taking things out of real right. estate and maybe you're like, well, you know what, I'm going to take two, three, four years, let things cool off. And if there's an opportunity to go back in, maybe I will, maybe I won't. 
Right. Um, you could invest it and just take on a lot less risk, do something maybe fixed or maybe something that just has, you know, keeps up with inflation and doesn't have a... You potentially know, a keeps up with inflation. Potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know. Hopefully yeah. keeps up with inflation. It doesn't have as much of a gyration in the markets. That's also an option. And then if the market um, real estate never corrects, you could also turn up the dial and take on more risk and potentially maybe get higher returns over time. So, Right. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think that there's probably going to be at least some sort of a correction, you know, once maybe once those moratoriums, you know, stop yeah. in the market. And interest or, rates are going to be a big factor. So, right. You know, there's going to be a couple of things. And I was just chatting with some um, another advisor friend uh, and he, he was talking to a pretty large money manager and their thought was that interest rates and the feds are probably not going to move them too much higher until I think 2025 is what he said. But what they said that could happen that would probably cause more of a market turmoil is um just dampening of the purchases of the bonds and such right tapering there's you know the you so, know the taper tantrum sort of deal which could which could happen. you know cause you know interest rates to go up and like we've talked about mm-hmm. multiple times now in our estimation is a good time to look at refinancing right and now is a good time to look at if you've been thinking about getting that that home equity line of credit or some other thing that you wanted to put on there interest rates being what they are it's not a terrible, not a terrible time, maybe, to take a look at that, right? But the other piece you mentioned this when you were talking, Matt, about I bought the house for a hundred and now it's worth four hundred. We come across a lot of people, and I did, I did have this question come in. They, you know, they have folks that are moving the opposite way. So sorry, they're moving out of Oregon to Washington. They still have their home here in Oregon, and with the real estate market the way it is, they were thinking, okay, well, we'd like to rent that. Like you said, we're getting close to retirement. It'd be nice to have a couple thousand dollars of money coming in every month. House is free and clear. It's paid off, right? They'd like to have a couple thousand dollars coming in, but they're right now they bought the house for around, they're going to clear a little north of 600. They bought it for around a hundred, mm-hmm. right? Including capital improvements and right. all the things that increase your basis. A lot of people may or may not realize in this, if it's remedial to you, I, I apologize if you're listening, but you have an exclusion on your primary residence from those capital gains. So a lot of people may or may not know that. You mentioned, okay, well, I bought it for 100 now it's for 600 That only applies to investment properties. you got to pay tax on the whole thing. But if it's your primary residence, right. you actually get a $250,000 per person, as it stands right now, per yeah. married couple if you're married, um, of exclusion on those capital gains, right? So you can exclude potentially up to five hundred thousand dollars worth as of a growth for two people as a couple, right. right? So if you're moving and considering renting that home out, it behooves you to think about potentially selling that house and maybe taking that money and parking it somewhere for a little while, right? And then looking, waiting to invest in an investment property. And maybe you may discover you don't want to be a landlord anyway, right? You maybe not the, the tenants mm-hmm. trash, and you know, or maybe think about taking that money and investing it in a, you know, maybe a, a home up on, you know, uh, you know, up in Welch's, you know, uh, up on the mountain or maybe a home down at the beach, right? You know, that you've thought about maybe doing something like that yeah. rather than taking that rental income because if you just turn on the rental income and then you don't live there, now that entire $500,000 is taxable as a capital gain. Yeah. Well, and you can also um, sell and then take portion, you know, a uh, part of it and maybe not in Oregon, but maybe somewhere out of state to find a property that may be cheaper where you can put a down right. payment and purchase a, a, a rental. You know, rental properties, again, they're they're a great investment at times, but they're also could be 
Yeah, yeah. well, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, it you know, if you're... Yeah, you know, we hear that all the time. Yeah. You, know? you hear the good, just like anything else. People mm-hmm. don't really talk about, oh, hey, my investment is down this much. People like to brag, hey, I'm up this much. My tenant's paying this much. You know, but as we talked on a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks ago on a show, you know, we, we had a we had a, a person who, they did the math and the net amount that they were getting each year really wasn't that high on, right. on the rent because when you have the gross rent, but then you got to potentially pay property manager, you got to pay the taxes, you got to pay the insurance. Then as you said, maybe a, a toilet breaks, microwave goes out, you know, there's maybe, maybe you have to take care of the yard. And next thing you know, you know, all it takes for a year to turn from a decent profitable year to down, maybe a furnace goes out, water heater has a problem, you know, not to be doom and gloom on real estate. Because, right, right. But uh, uh, my point being, you know, the overall stock market goes up and down. It's got its risks. Real estate does also. It's just um, seen differently, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and, and a lot of people are like, well, I can do a lot of that myself. This doesn't usually happen. Um, and again, I wish everyone the best on the real estate ventures. And I do think that there's room for real estate in each and every portfolio if if someone likes that. But again, do you want to be a landlord or not? Right, right. You know, yeah, and there's, there's there's other options out there, right? So if you're exploring those options, if the things that we've been describing might apply to you and you just like to have a second opinion, you know, it, it goes without saying, or I guess it should, but I'm going to repeat it anyway. The way that we work with our clients and actually with, you know, listeners that call in, we, we like to consider ourselves, you know, client's personal CFO. You know, the idea is if you've got a question, if you've got something having to do with finances, having to do with planning, having to do with the markets, and you'd like to bounce ideas off of somebody, we want to be a resource to you. So give us a call, 503-253-3000. We may may not know the answer, but we can certainly find the answer or find somebody who does know the answer, right? But it, it, it's worth bouncing ideas, hearing a second opinion, just taking a second look at your particular situation. So if you'd like to do that, give us a call or visit our website, www.pricefg. Dot com. We're going to take another break here, and we'll be back to finish up the show, but we really appreciate you listening. We'll be right back with Investing Simplified. When planning for income and retirement, there's a lot to consider between managing the budget that fits the family, trying to figure out from where to draw your income, or balancing the tax ramifications of withdrawals. Moving into retirement can be overwhelming. At Price Financial Group, we help clients work to create a sustainable retirement roadmap, addressing these concerns and more, and helping folks feel confident in their future retirement income, right when they need it most. If you'd like a financial plan tailored just for you, please don't hesitate and call our office today at 503-253-3000 or text REVIEW to 484848 to set up your complimentary consultation. Price Price Financial Group offers investment advisory services through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. We do investing simplified. You're listening to Investing Simplified. Now, back to Bo Caldwell. Welcome back to Investing Simplified. As we look to close out the show, uh, man, I think it you know it works for us to start talking about goals because that's a question that a lot of yeah. people have had, right? So they have when you talk about goals, you know whether that's for your money, for your life, for your health. A lot of people set health goals. They set you know weight loss goals. That's they true. set exercise goals. 
you know, biz, if you're a business owner, you set goals for the year on what you want your business to do, right? And one of the things that really you can you can look this up and statistically, you know, they talk about it and actually Malcolm Gladwell, you know, mentions it in, you know, in, in his books. The, the idea of it's been shown that if you have a goal, it, you are exponentially more likely to reach that goal if you write it down. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny because I was watching something on TV and there was a, a person that had made a vision board. I'm like, oh, yeah, those, yeah. those things board, are still yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, it, and it works, you know? Again, it's one of those things where you it, yeah. put it up on the wall and put your goals. And we talked about this. It's been a while because we talked about this around the holidays where, you know, you're hanging out with your spouse, with your kids. Yeah, have um, the conversations. Because Maybe we were all stuck together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as the world's kind of starting to open up, you're still stuck together with your family for the most part. I mean, your immediate family, right? right. Which is usually good. Right. And so you should speak to them about goals. One of my goals for today's show, and I try to do this a couple of times now, is to make the audience laugh or get both to get a chuckle out of things. And so I had a good joke earlier. You don't say otherwise. And then I found another one. Now, these aren't jokes I've come up with. They are from <laughs> internets, interwebs. Uh, but, Bo, I, I think I need a new bank account because... Ooh. This one has run out of money. It's just so funny. You're, you're, you're just, you're really, I think it's maybe, you know, maybe it's a the delivery. The, maybe the, delivery. <laughs> well, maybe you will switch it. I'll give you jokes to read off later. So I'm going to be the one that's reading out jokes. But yeah, no, that'd head. be good. Hey, my, my bank account ran out of money. You call the bank, say, hey, my, my account doesn't have any money. Can you give me another one that has money in it? Yeah, I need a new bank you know account. I, mean? I need a yeah. new bank account. Anyway, but speaking of goals, um, I sit with clients, you sit with clients all the time. We chat with people, uh, listeners. And one of the things that is kind of challenging at times for, for everyone is yeah. to really define the goals. So there's a couple things, you know, more than a couple things, but we'll try to keep it short. So yeah, we only have a certain amount of time. We have a limited time, and I can talk about this for hours, but I won't. <laughs> so the number one question that people struggle with is when will I retire? Yeah, when can I retire? Yeah, when right? can I retire? Or when do I but, want to but retire? But even when you yeah. want to retire. Yeah. You know, when we're... When we're like, you know, when you're younger, you're first entering the workforce and you work for like six months, you're like, oh man, this isn't, this isn't <laughs> I want to retire yesterday. I want to retire. Yeah. I'm going to, re- yeah. uh, and then you have, you know, a 25 year old that's like, hey, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to retire. Yeah. I'm going to buy an island and I'm just going to be away from it. Oh, sure, right? sure. But, you know, on a serious talk, if you're in your 40s and your 50s and your 60s. Yeah, when do I at retire? At some point, you're wanting to set a target, right? Mm-hmm. So if without it, if, if. You're going to miss the shot if there's no target because what are you aiming at? So right. whether it be 60, 62, 65, a 70, lot of people... 70, yeah, yeah it, it, it yes. completely depends on your right. situation, but it, it behooves yeah. having the conversation, right? Absolutely. And so the a lot of times people associate the retirement date with another question, which is Social Security. Right. So they say, well, I'm going to retire when I'm 70 because that's be, when my Social Security maximizes, exactly. right? Or I'll retire at 62 because that is the earliest I can take it. Or right. I'm going to retire at a full retirement age, which could be anywhere from 66 to 67. Yeah, Yeah, right. Exactly. So we got age, we got social security. Those are usually okay. The social security one is a little tougher. People can usually target the the age, but then the goal of how much money they need um, is a tough one. Because what I ask them is, and I'd ask you this, if, if you had... Retired yesterday, and today was the first of the month. Mm-hmm. What would your paychecks, right, from your retirement account need to look like for you to be able to have a good retirement? You know, pay your bills. Yeah, well, a lot of people. Life. A lot of people have a have trouble analyzing, right? 
what that actually looks like because most people don't keep a budget. Most people just spend what they make, right? So they say, okay, this is what comes in. That's why the 401k is such a brilliant piece of the puzzle because it hides money from yourself, right? Most people are not necessarily good at saving or even if they are really good at saving, which we've talked about before, they can flex that saving muscle, but they can't flex the spending muscle, right? That's a tough one. So the idea is, you know, what we like to say, or at least what I like to say, you know, we like to get away from the what is your, you know, what's your budget, what's your monthly spend, but the idea is what amount of money, if you could wave a magic wand, Matt, and have a certain amount of money that could help you maintain the lifestyle in retirement that you want, what would that look like, right? And that's a conversation that a lot of people haven't had. And the biggest key, and I think one of the things we see the most, is when we ask that question of a husband and a wife, they kind of look at each other and, oh, we haven't really talked about that. Right? Yeah. Most of the time. Some people do, but a lot of people haven't had that conversation because there's a lot of pieces that go into it, right? When you're doing plans you know, with folks, when you send them out, you know, hey, you send an email and say, hey, let's get started on, you know, I'm putting that plan together because we want to have a written goal, something we can go back right. and, and reference that's written. That first, you know, the question becomes how much, you know, how much do you need to spend? Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because people don't know what, they haven't sat down and analyzed what retirement looks like. Does it mean traveling? You mentioned, does it mean moving to another state? Does it mean, you know, trying to save money and, and, and you know, send kids to college? Does it mean leaving a legacy? You know, right. there's a lot of folks that really are Different concerned goals. about, you know, leaving a legacy and there's no wrong answer. But if you haven't had that conversation with your wife or with your husband and you haven't sat down and written down what those goals are, it's going to be pretty hard to achieve them. Yeah. And so one thing I'll tell everyone is I, I, I don't think that if you have no goals outlined, that shouldn't stop you from trying to pursue a, a plan, right? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we are going to ask questions that'll help you get on that path and we'll get to the answer. We have also ways of reverse engineering things, right? We mm-hmm, can also mm-hmm. look at, okay, you've got all these inputs, all the assets you've amassed over your life, savings, retirement accounts, whatever. And then we can reverse engineer into back, okay, here's how much we can roughly have you spend between X and Y. Mm-hmm. And does that sound reasonable? Now, that's okay to do. It just it is more helpful, and it also allows us to be more, you know, um, thoughtful when we put mm-hmm. the plan together. Mm-hmm. And it also adjusts the risk because um, if you tell me, "Hey, I'll be okay spending four thousand a month mm-hmm. net," mm-hmm. and then I, you know, reverse engineer a plan, and the plan says, "Hey, it looks like this person could spend up to six thousand dollars a month." Well, we know then, okay, if you're between four to six, you're going to be okay. and gives you kind of a parameter. Um, so it's just helpful to have. And then other goals that people don't always think about, they can come later. But, you know, like you said, college, paying for a wedding, maybe a car. Um, you know, another question that, you know, is it a goal of yours to have no mortgage going into retirement? Right. Where will you live? Where will property taxes be? So once we come up with a number of, hey, let's say I want to spend that 4000 Yeah. we're going to... Uh, use that in today's dollars, but then we're going to inflate it into future dollars. Right. So that $4,000, and we talked about this, I think, last show, if not two shows ago, where we talk about compounding uh, interest. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give you a pay raise. So let's say you're 15, retiring at 62, 12 years from now. You know, how long, you know, it, it'll compound that 4000 and assign a future dollar to that amount. And then over the next 12 years until retirement, as you said, you have a vision board, which is our plan, and we kind of are trying to our hit goals, a, yeah. yeah, hit our goals, and then we adjust course as we're going. You know, maybe you get a pay raise, or maybe uh, you don't get a pay raise. You maybe you lose a job, maybe something else happens. So as you're moving towards those goals, 
we can adjust. Yeah. And if you if you haven't you know, written down those goals, if you hadn't haven't had that conversation and want to talk to a financial professional, a fiduciary firm that will help you to analyze those goals and help you to maybe build out that roadmap to get to that vision board that you've set up. We'd love to be that firm that, you know, gives you that second opinion, takes a look at what you've been doing and helps, you know, to build out how to get there. You can give us a call at 503-253-3000 or visit pricefgpricefg.com. One thing you mentioned, Matt, in there was, you know, you said, you know, we get adjusted over time. And that's a thing that a lot of people don't really take into account when building out a financial plan. They think it's a set and forget deal. Hey, we've got this plan. We're never going to look at it again. Or a lot of times they meet with, you know, an advisor or they meet with, you know, their current, you know, 401k plan says, hey, well, this, you know, Fidelity has their tool, not to knock on Fidelity, because nothing wrong with Fidelity. Every, the, every platform has a tool. Seems yeah, like whatever that. the platform is for your 401k has a tool and says, here's how much you need to save to get to this amount of dollars that you can spend in retirement. But they don't, it, that's all a linear deal, right? They don't look at what changes as as time goes on. You mentioned making adjustments. That The reason that I use the analogy of the roadmap for your financial plan is, just like a map, you know, we got, I don't know if you ever used Thomas guides, but you know, it might be a little young for a Thomas guide, but so there was a thing called a Thomas guide, which, you know, just laid out, it was basically maps for any city out there and it had all the different roads on it, but it what it didn't do was it didn't have construction, right? It didn't let you know right. when there was uh, maybe road closures or there's a parade or heaven forbid a riot or, you know, things are, that are in the way of you getting to where you're going. And then there's this brilliant thing that came out called gps right these gps oh. systems right this these these things that you can get in the on this little they're computer. not great all the time but <laughs> they're much more helpful than reading trying to read a map right well this little yeah this little you know computer that we keep in our pockets right will analyze and rerouting you heard that yeah you know, the little, rerouting reroute right would you so like the, to take an alternative route <laughs> yeah. the idea being that Are you, you have saying to, you're comparing us to a gps yeah, yeah i think so and i think that's important to note because if you're hiring an advisory team to work with you it's not a set it and forget it, you know, because, right. you know, if there's management costs of some sort, you're not just paying those each year for nothing. You should be engaging. You should be talking, uh, reassessing the plan. Are we still in the right position and having, you know, questions answered? Yeah. As we like to call ourselves financial Google a lot of times because we tell well, our listeners, we say, hey, call us with questions, email us questions. Say the same thing to our clients. There's a question that you have that there's likely somebody else that has the same question, which is why we bring it up on the air. Right. But for, if you want to just call us, it's, it's, there's no such thing as a silly question. Right. And I get questions all the time where I'm like, you know, here's what I think, but let me look into it a little bit further. We may have right. to do research too. We're not, I mean, we, we are pretty sharp individuals, but we don't know everything. I mean, I kind of do. No. <laughs> How do I turn off your microphone? <laughs> uh, I'm not telling. I know, but I'm not he telling. He's on the side of the table that has the controllers, yeah. which does not help. No, but yeah, you're absolutely right. The idea that, you know, the, the folks think that they should be able to, you know, we come across you know, listeners, we have clients, we have uh, folks that call us that they're professionals, right? So you're a professional and you think you should be able to do everything well. And that's a common, you know, mm-hmm. common problem. I personally suffer from it as well, right? So if you can do one thing really well, you think that you could be able to do all those other things really well. But the funny thing is we take for granted that we don't, you know, even if you're handy, 
you if your car breaks down, you take it to a mechanic, right? You you can change the oil, maybe change a couple of things, and if you've done some, if you've had some experience, maybe you can fix a couple of smaller problems. Yeah. But generally speaking, you take it to a mechanic to get or it checked hire up. Someone, yeah. I mean, if you don't feel well, absolutely, you don't self-diagnose. I mean, you may Google the symptoms, MD, right? You may to go to WebMD yeah. and then, which is probably a. Just a like I was telling all. you, my water heater at home was kind of having an issue, and. Yeah, you know, my Mr. Fix-It. So I go and I try to reset it a couple of times and it worked, you know, for an hour. And then <laughs> it goes back. So then my wife's like, you got to call someone. Yeah, so I will. You know, I, I, I called someone and they can come out and they change the parts that they need to. Yeah. But they know what they're doing. And they diagnose the and problems, And they diagnose right? it. They can see the problem, you know. And how much is my time worth? Am I just spinning my wheels, maybe breaking it more? Right. Um, so it's the same idea where you know, want to have someone in your corner to where they, you know, can guide you as... Not a paper, but a electronic modern GPS system, right? To that retirement or whatever goal it is. Maybe you're in your, you know, forties, and you're like, you know what? By fifty, I want to be able to, you know, send my kids to college or something. Yeah. So I want to set some money aside and and have it grow. So whatever yeah. the goal is, or maybe you're already retired and yeah. you just want to make sure that you can pass your assets to your heirs or to a, you know a charitable cause without coming you know coming across the tax man too hard, right? So the idea, the idea is. It, it always helps to have somebody to help guide you through that. And not that we have a corner on all the good ideas, right? We're not always right about which way the market's going, about which way, you know, which investments are going to be the best. But what we do is try to build you an all-weather portfolio that's going to be the chassis that helps you to potentially reach those goals, right? And if you if you can do it yourself or you can, you know, what's the old adage is it's, if you, you can walk, you know, run fast by yourself or walk slow with help. And I don't know what you, you know. Yeah, I don't know either. There's good proverbs that I should have. I, 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 I didn't make it up. I didn't make it up. But the point is. I might have heard that one. The, you know, the, more, the point is yeah. the idea of having somebody on your team to help you to reach those goals yeah. can really be beneficial. So if you'd like to explore that, you know, I'm going to leave you with this, you know, as we get ready to get out of here. If you'd like to explore what that looks like to have a fiduciary team in your corner to be able to call somebody. At the drop of a hat, I you know I have clients that call and they they or they email in and say, hey, I have a question. I don't think it's anything you handle, but they just want to run something by a you know, second opinion. Somebody that is a professional in their field, give us a call 503-253-3000 or visit pricefg.com. Set up a complimentary review with someone a member of our team. Like I said, we'll go over the financial termites. We'll analyze your risk. We'll analyze. You know, the, the allocation in your portfolio. Make sure you understand where you are and help you to identify where you want to go. And hopefully we can build a plan together that makes you feel like you can actually reach those goals. So give us a call, 503-253-3000 if you'd like to set up that complimentary review. Or send us an email to askbo at pricefg.com if you've got a question you'd like to hear on another show. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We really appreciate you spending time with us. Be safe, be kind to each other. We'll talk to you next week. This has been Investing Simplified. Price Financial Group, Wealth Management. Price Financial Group, Wealth Management. The opinions voiced in Investing Simplified with Bo Caldwell are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. 
investors cannot invest directly in indexes. The performance of any index is not indicative of the performance of any investment and does not take into account the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. Guests on Investing Simplified are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Price Financial Group Wealth Management. We do investing simplified. Hello, this is Kevin Stagey, shareholder with Baker & Colson Certified Public Accountants, serving the Portland and Southwest Washington areas for almost 40 years. We are a full-service accounting and consulting firm, offering our services to a wide range of business and individual clients. One of the largest expenses to a household or a business is its tax burden. While off-the-shelf tax products can help file simple returns, they can't know your plans for the future and not only provide insight and planning to help you get there, but actually help you along the way. There are just some things that can't be replaced by experience. Whether you are just beginning your working career or have a well-established business with many employees, rely on the professionals at Baker & Colson to help in an efficient, accurate, and personalized manner. We're located at 2414 Northeast Division in Gresham and can be reached at our website at bakercolson.com or 503-666-5569. That's bakercolson.com. 503-666-5569. And remember, at Baker & Colson, our service is the product our clients remember most.